1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5. Here on Wednesday, March fifteenth, 2023, I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by the People's Champ, Matt Baxendale. Ides of March are upon us. I woke up in a good mood this morning. Even though my Bengals lost Von Bell, I saw a couple days ago, Max, And, you know, I love Von Bell. He signed with the Buckeyes. You and I were just, you know, that signing day was awesome. Ten years ago, ten years and a month ago, February of 2013. And uh, it was like that was the first, like, big recruit that, you know, Urban pulled out of the South that everybody wanted. Had a great career at Ohio State. Helped them win a national championship. And then goes to the Saints, does good things there. And then my Bengals signed him a few years ago. And I'm like, wow. And then he does great with the Bengals. So I I was thrilled. So I, I wasn't happy to see the, that Von Bell left for the Panthers a few days ago, but I, I assumed he got this great contract. No, no. Bengals let him go despite the fact he's going to be making $7.5 over three years. $7.5 over three years. I get letting Jesse Bates go at $16 Von Bell at $7.5 is a discount. He was projected to make $9 million a year, according to all the analytics. I know you're a Steelers fan. We're going to get to Ohio State football in a moment although Von Bell is Ohio State football. I'm pissed off about this. The Bengals, man, they have two good years. Now they're going back to doing Bengal-type stuff, letting Von Bell walk on a discounted contract.
0: Well, you are the president of the fan portion of Von Bell Academy, so I expect no less from you here, Dave. Uh, I think at the end of the day, uh, as a Steelers fan, um, we're not going anywhere anyways, as long as Kenny Pickett and his little Burger King hands are going to be a quarterback for us. So Mm -hmm. don't worry too much about us on our end. Uh, that said, you could have also signed Patrick Peterson for a ton of money, and he's over the hill too. So, you know, for Von Bell, I guess he wants to get paid and go uh, mentor CJ Stroud after he's the number one pick this year for the Panthers. So, you know, it's just he's looking out for Buckeyes. That's the plan here. That's, that that that's the way we're gonna look at it. It'll make you feel better about it whenever Joe Burrow loses the game 42 to 38 in the playoffs next year because they can't cover anything over the middle, and Von
2: Bell would have been there to save your butt. So. Sorry, buddy, but good for CJ. I guess <laughs> we got a Bengal fan, we got a Steeler fan, we got Mike got sports in here saying, "Who cares? It's all about them brownies." Yeah, I know. I, I got that's one thing about uh, Buckeye fans. There's a healthy portion of Bengal fans, Browns fans, and Steeler fans, and Browns fans lead the charge of the Ohio State fan base. I, I say as a, as a Bengal fan, there's a lot of Bengal fans, a lot of Steeler fans. There's more Browns fans than any other team in the in the uh, Ohio State fandom. All right, let's get to it. Ohio State Buckeyes. They have this week off for spring break. Let's hope everybody is behaving themselves. From what I understand, most of the team is just here in Columbus. They're probably wishing they weren't considering it's 20 degrees as we both know being Columbusites. Um, but um, probably should have went down to Florida. No, no, I'm, I'm glad they're staying here. Hopefully they stay out of trouble. Um, so what have we learned after the first two practices? They had two practices last week, taking this week off and they'll resume next week. All right, let's start with the quarterbacks. I think we all felt back so it was going to be Kyle McCord's job most likely entering spring. I know it's two days. Just the vibe I get from talking to coaches and their teammates and just the little bit we've seen it. I'll be surprised, almost shocked if Kyle McCord doesn't trot out there as a starter against Indiana. Yeah, it, it, he's certainly taking reps
0: first. He's been in the program an extra year. These are things that we knew coming in. You know, it's a long way to go, though, of the same token. And maybe Ryan Day isn't as worried about Devin Brown transferring out if he doesn't win the job. That's certainly something that uh, is an active discussion whenever you have a good quarterback battle is you don't want to have the loser of the battle leave early. That's why we always talk about we're not going to find out for the week of the first game. Even if the coaches have made their mind up, they're not going to let everybody know what their mind is made up to because they're going to keep that quarterback battle going. But, yeah, I mean, McCord's the first one in reps at this point. We're just going to have to see how it all plays out. Um, I, I have said facetiously numerous times that I'm rooting for Devin Brown, purely to see a quarterback number 33 throwing the ball around, because that's just is funny to me. But right. at the end of the day, McCord is the guy who came in with the advantage of having that extra year in the program, having thrown to Marvin Harrison Jr. in high school. So if it is him, I don't think anybody will be shocked. That's for sure days in you know early vibes can always change depending what happens and like you said thank gosh most of them are here in town over spring break we don't want to have any more uh misbehaving incidents like we've seen in the past over spring break from some of our players so fingers crossed we get back to the start of uh of uh classes getting back up going and practice getting back up going without any incidents
2: Center, that's what I'm keeping a close eye on. We're going to talk right tackle, too, obviously. Center and right tackle, huge. Center right now with Jacob James missing spring. It's a battle between Vic Cutler, the transfer from Louisiana Monroe, and then redshirt freshman Carson Hensman. By the way, for those who don't know, um, Vic Cutler has two years of eligibility left, so that's good. Um, that sounds like a good battle to me. I think if I had to bet right now, I, I'll say Cutler's going to win the job, but it's going to be a good battle. I really like Carson Hensman too.
0: Yeah, and I, here's the thing. It's an interesting one because Cutler came in as a transfer and they obviously just didn't take him just to have a body. They needed a guy. They were surprised when they were left. Uh, but the flip side of the equation here is that I, I think I think in a perfect world, the coaching staff would love Hensman to win it so that Cutler can be that sort of like move-around, jack-of-all-trades, multi-position backup kind of guy who is not going to make a big think about it because he just came from Louisiana. He's going to be thrilled to be in a place like Ohio State. Um, so I think that they're hoping Hensman probably comes out with it. But right now, we don't know. It's very early. Both these guys are just kind of getting their moment in the sun, and it's early in spring practice. So we'll see how it plays out here. Uh, it's definitely an interesting battle, though, for sure.
2: Right tackle is extremely interesting as well. And I think they got two really good candidates there young, but I, I like both these kids. Um, Zen Mahalski a guy that was maybe underrated in the recruiting realm until I think he ended up getting his fourth star, but was a three-star kid, was like 220 pounds his junior year of high school, his junior season, then got all the way up to like 290. Um, yeah. He's about 6'8", listed 6'7", but he he swears he's 6'8". And I believe him. They, they listed Marvin Harrison Jr. at 6'3", uh, for a while, until yours truly... I still remind Jerry Emig of this and Marvin Harrison Jr. I was like, we got to get Marvin Harrison Jr. listed at 6'4". This man is six four. Marvin Harrison Jr. listed at 6'4". Now, but I digress. Zen Mahalski, when we were out there, looked like he was getting going first in drills. Again, we didn't get to see that much, and we didn't get to see them like scrimmage or anything. Um, not that they would have done full-scale scrimmages any of the first two practices, as you know, backs. Tegra Shabola is the other one. A um, big-time recruit, high four-star kid. Uh, from Ohio, Lakota West. Uh, I mean, he's six foot six, 327 pounds. They had a couple big boys going for that uh, battle. Zen Mahalski, who's now up to 310 pounds, by the way, and Tegra Shabola. Really good battle there. I feel like whoever wins that, same way I feel about the quarterback battle. It's like, I don't know who's going to win that job, but I, I'm confident whoever does win it will play well. You know, at
0: least we have two very good tackle options competing for the job. I mean, you and I have been watching these. The, the Buckeyes long enough to remember back in the day when we we're like, well, this year's starting tackle was a guard last year. You know, and not like we, we had the stash him at guard because we had too many good tackles, but no, he was actually like a six foot two guard and let's move him out to tackle. So, this is a good thing when we're talking with we two six foot six, six foot seven, six foot eight, maybe even uh, monsters that are, are, are young and talented and were recruited specifically for this role. Um, It'd also would be really nice to see Tegra take a step forward here. Uh, I've been on a little bit of a thing lately where the state of Ohio hasn't produced enough of these elite guys that Ohio State needs to stay at an Ohio State elite level. So I would love to see some Ohio kids get out there and win some starting roles. But uh, Mahalski's the guy that everybody's sort of been talking about for a while. And then everybody got to look at Tegra coming at us uh, of bowl game practice in the winter conditioning and said he's got a shot now too. So, this is a good thing for Ohio State. There are this level of options. And I think we can comfortably say whoever doesn't win this job is probably the swing tackle backup, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as nice as it is that Vic Cutler's experience experienced playing tackle against Texas and Alabama, he's not exactly sized exactly like you want to be for that role. I think he's only six foot three. Mm-hmm. So having one of these guys that can swing as a backup in case of injury is another good thing. You need at least three good tackles of course it's easy. So, uh, you know, that's something that we should be comfortable with. We're seeing this depth sort of percolating in front of us. That's a good sign for Ohio State to have this many capable guys that you can feel comfortable with on the field. I mean, 15 years ago, we went to a national championship game with five linemen, maybe six that could even be on the field for us without us panicking. So, it, 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 this is, again, from where we used to be with offensive linemen to where we are right now, this is, this is a perfectly good situation. Ohio State's handled the, the numbers reasonably well with the O-line. And even with a lot of the in-state kids that haven't really done much from the last couple of recruiting classes, we're still in a pretty good position on the offensive line right now in terms of building steps and having good starting group.
2: Yeah, and uh, another comment from Mike Got Sports. who's getting a lot of run on the show today. And, and Justin Fry we trust. Yeah, I, I think Justin Fry is a really good offensive line coach. So I think um, we'll see. He's got his work cut out for him. This is the uh, – Ohio State has – some heavy losses. They don't have many first-round offensive linemen from Ohio State. Um, there's been Taylor Decker and Billy Price have been the only ones, I think, in recent memory. Um, and um, they're going to have one this year. But usually when they have a first-rounder, they also don't have like two second-rounders right behind them. Dewan Jones and Luke Whipler will probably be second-round picks. Um, I've even seen some mocks that have not many. I saw one mock that had Dewan Jones going late in the first round, and I saw one that had Luke Whipler going late in the first. But most of them going in the second. My point is, Ohio State's losing three really good linemen, and I agree with you. I still think with what they got, they're going to be okay up front. All right. One more thing on the offense. We'll move to defense. Brian Hartline is offensive coordinator. What do you make of this? Do you think this is a big story? Like, oh, he's going to come in, he's going to be calling the plays this fall. Or do you think it's more like, eh, Ryan Day's not going to give up play? I don't care what the, you know, the, all the rumors out there, and even Ryan's talked about it a little bit. Herbie dropped it. Like, I'm in the camp. Maybe I'll believe it when I see it that Ryan Day is not calling the plays. Or maybe I'm wrong, and Hartline will be calling the plays. Regardless, as you know, Bax, he's going to have heavy input. What do you make of Hartline as offensive coordinator? Yeah, I kind of ha- have to see it to believe it that Ryan Day won't call the plays.
0: You know, Jim Trestle did that for most of his tenure. And it wasn't like it was- wasn't something he couldn't handle. So, a head coach calling plays because he's an excellent offensive play caller doesn't really concern me that much. Um, I, I think with Hartline, it means he's more involved in the offensive game plan. He takes a greater role on what we're looking at here. But at the end of the day, it's still Ryan Dates' show. And Hartline is still just developing in it. And I, I don't see much change, just to be real honest. Heartline's going to work more with the other position groups.
2: You're going to see some of that. But at the end of the day, it's Ryan Dates' show to all right, defense. Uh Jack Sawyer is just going to be a defensive end. That's one thing, you know. Shockingly, Buckeye fans don't agree on everything. You know, there's things that Buckeye fans sometimes don't agree on. Every Buckeye fan that I know was like, Yeah, <laughs> like, quit yeah. moving him around. He's not a he, he's 265 pounds. That's not a the hybrid, like outside linebacker defensive end. He's a defensive end. And guess what he is now? Just a defensive end. He's not gonna move around. They're going to have two Molo Al on one side as a starter. Jack Sawyer on the other side as a starter. Boom. Go get him. I love it. Yeah, this is something
0: we've all wanted. It's obvious to me. Like, the Jack should be Baron Browning. Find me the closest we have to Baron Browning. And CJ Jack, Hicks. Which, yeah, he's going to be CJ Hicks on this team, right? But, <laughs> like, that is like when you see the Jack, you're like, yeah, that's what we wish we had the whole time we had Baron Browning instead of shoehorning him in as a, a middle linebacker or whatever. The guy going downhill was dynamite, and the guy, like, reading and reacting was not. That's what you need is that kind of guy in the jack role. Jack Sawyer, on the flip side, is a defensive end. He is a pure defensive end. Why would you put him in a position where he, you, you don't have him being able to speed at the level he should be? He, he and, and JTT should be the two that are on the field frequently at that DN position. And that's where Jack belongs. Look, There's been a lot of talk about how Jack Sawyer has been disappointing compared to his recruiting rank. And I get it. even the top four player, five player overall in the country, right? We brought in the, the top two defensive ends in the country in the same class. And you're sitting here going, well, I'm hoping we, we see a little more production out of it. Well, this change allows us to hopefully see that production out of Sawyer. And, you know, there's not going to be many teams in the country this year that have a tandem be able to build together. Like those, I mean, that's, that's dangerous right there. So, yes, much rejoicing has been had. I think Jim Knowles is learning what it's like now to have elite personnel on his um, defenses. You know, in the past, he had all this success uh, tinkering with a bunch of Oklahoma state level kids, right? Most of whom Ohio state wouldn't need to take a look at in terms of recruiting out of high school. So, you know, knowing what you can do with some of the athleticism that's available to him is part of this job and this is part of his evolution. So I'm happy Jim Knowles figured this out, right? Cause you're right. Everybody at Ohio state, like, For all the things that none of us agree on, and as fractured as we are on certain subjects, every single person wanted Jack
2: Sawyer out of the Jack position. Period. And I'm glad we're here. And they really don't even use it that much. We spent all this time talking about it because it was such a big part of the defense at Oklahoma State. And Knowles, I I didn't know it was this, you know – the Number was this low, but Knowles estimated they only used the jack 15% of the time. I think I saw it more than that. We'd have to go back and look at the numbers, but Knowles said about only they only used about 15% of the time. And backs, I think that number will go down this year, if anything, because they use yeah, Jack swear a lot.
0: I would have said about a third of the time last year. It felt like Yeah, it was, yeah, so that's a little lower to me, but
2: yeah,
0: you know, if he says so, maybe he disguised his defenses so well, we, we didn't see it right. I he don't know, yeah, but. Disguises uh,
2: defense so well that they give a big plays to Michigan. And I was like, shouldn't Let me ask team? you this. Where, where yeah. are you at with Knowles? I I think you were too. We were both kind of Jim Knowles stands going into last year. It's like, man, this guy turned the Oklahoma State into a top five defense. Like what? Yeah. Uh, I loved everything that he said too. It wasn't just that. Like getting to talk to him. You're like, okay, this guy, mad scientist, as the players call him. You, you get that feeling. Okay, they're going to. And he did improve the defense. But, you know. They got their asses kicked against Michigan and Georgia and lost the game for Ohio State. Now The offense fell apart against Michigan, too, in the second half and didn't do anything. But the defense is why they lost those games, especially Georgia. Where are you at on Jim Knowles? you feel like he's going to get this figured out this year and they're going to be the silver bullets? Or are you you soured on him, kind of somewhere in between? Where are you at on Jim Knowles?
0: You know, I think everything before the Maryland game last year was exposed as a paper tiger with an Ohio State defense that didn't have the right personnel in the secondary. And if you look at what happened when they started playing teams that actually had quarterbacks with a pulse and receivers that could actually catch a football, our defense got absolutely immolated. Um, you know, people forget that Maryland game. But Maryland scored 37 points. You <laughs> yeah. no, we have we right. We are not forgetting about it. So, I mean, it's the reality is the last three games of the year, our defense was god-awful and you know i think some of this can be blamed on that he inherited a defense six scholarship cornerbacks a bunch of whom were true freshmen and that's abysmally bad right like i understand that totally but on the flip side i think knowles also was his own worst enemy look at the michigan game in the first half they were doing absolutely nothing nothing it was a third and eight and he calls a cover zero. And a little basic out route turns into a 60 yard touchdown.
2: That's just it, in his defense. Cam Brown whiffed on the tackle, and I thought Jack Sawyer was loafing on that play. But I, but your point is valid. Your point is valid. But Cam Brown whiffed on the tackle, and then Jack Sawyer's kind of loafing from behind. He could have saved it, but didn't. But you're right. Same thing against Georgia. You're up by 14 in the fourth quarter out there playing cover zero. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry.
0: It's like, it struck me as like, playing the old NCAA video games that are hopefully coming back soon, where you played just the all-blitz defense because you just wanted to play offense, and if it worked out on D, you were happy with it. That's what it felt like with Knowles. So, I think he's got a lot to adjust to being at at an elite national championship contending program. Uh, Last year was a learning experience for him, right? And, hey, guess what? You know what? The field goal goes through at the stroke of midnight on New Year's. He's a national championship coordinator, but You know, we don't live in that timeline, right? That's a different timeline. Uh, The the timeline we're in here right now, Knowles simply, I I think he has to adjust to the talent level that he now has and how to use it. And I think that's something hopefully we'll see from him this year. But it's certainly a put-up or shut-up year for him, right? We brought him in as this mad scientist guy, and the first part of the year the returns were great. But if we look back at it, it was just because none of those teams could throw the football. Everybody and their mother is going to come out this year throwing on Ohio State and seeing whether or not we can shut it down. That's why getting Jahad Carter, that's why getting Davidson, Iqbinosum, was so important because without them, we don't have the proper personnel to run the defense that Knowles wants to. You still have – you know, this isn't the pros. It's not about the X's and O's. It's about the Jimmys and the Joes. And that was key for Ohio State to get some of these guys because we haven't gotten the same talent in the secondary over recent like we've had in the past. Long gone are the days of just, like, rolling out Marshawn Lattimore, Garyon Conley, Denzel Burke, Malik Hooker, all of them in the same backfield, right? Maybe those guys are there, but they're young now. So we didn't have that last year. And hopefully next year, with this increased talent level we have, we're going to see more from Knowles when it comes to defending the passing game. And Thanks. maybe going cover zero all the time.
2: Thanks for not mentioning Von Bell, because I would have, I would have shed a tear.
0: I was trying to help you, Dave, but we can talk about VBA all you want here.
2: No, I just, I'm just i going to choose to remember the, the great memories of Von Bell at Ohio State with the Bengals. We began the show talking about the great Von Bell. We end the show talking about the great Von Bell. I hope him and CJ Stroud do well in Carolina. He is the people's champ, Matt Baxendale. You can catch his column every Sunday. It is the bucket. Thank you very much to Bax. Thanks to all of you. Really appreciate you guys joining us. Hope everyone has a great rest of your day. Go back.
1: Okay, picture this.